Welcome to another episode of Stickbow Country. Uh, Will and I have brought a, a guest with us tonight uh, from Michigan. Um, and for those of you that are in the traditional bow hunting world, you, you'll recognize the name Brian Burkhart. Uh, welcome uh, to our uh, podcast today. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, really happy to be here and uh, and look forward to being on your podcast. Yeah, for those of, for those that don't know, which again in the trad community it's probably pretty small. Why don't you just give us a uh, yeah a little bio of yourself, Brian, if you don't mind? Sure. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Michigan, and uh, I've been bow hunting my entire life. You know, I legally could start hunting when I was twelve. And I just turned 60 uh, at the end of uh, March here. So I've been bow hunting for 48 years, and 46 of that's been with traditional bows. So I shot a compound for two years. Uh, it, and believe it or not, it was a custom-made compound by uh, Owen Jeffrey from South Carolina. And he used to be a boyer for bear archery. And uh, anyway, I shot my first deer uh, on the ground with a bear 45 pound Kodiak Magnum. And uh, I always wanted to get one, you know, with a stick bow on the ground. And when I did that, then I jumped over to that um, compound for two years. And I enjoyed it, but it just wasn't the same. And I went back to, um, I went back to shooting a stick bow and I have ever since. But, but uh, grew up with four brothers and uh, my dad was an avid bow hunter. So I grew up had the good fortune of growing up in a bow hunting family and um, just, you know, Fred Bear was a big influence in my life. We'd always go to the, you know, museum when it was in Grayling and just watching his films and seeing his adventures, he really inspired me. So, yeah, it's just uh, my life has kind of revolved around traditional bow hunting. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Um well, why don't you join? Why don't you jump on? And you had a, some good ideas for, uh, yeah, questions for Brian. I thought were good. Well, I just kind of, you know, was thinking of some stuff just right off the top of my head, really. But it's kind of sporadic. But uh, maybe you could give us a little origin of like Compton and and maybe a little background on that for people who might not have, you know, heard it already or didn't know just because of the, what a great organization it is and you being the president, you know, I think it'd be good to hear it from somebody like you. So, yes. Yeah, so Compton was actually formed in 1999, and the uh, the initial um, it, it formally became an organization in '99. But prior to that, Glenn St. Charles wrote an article in Traditional Bow Hunter magazine, and the title of it was "It's Time," and the premise was it was really time to have a national traditional bow hunting organization. So that was the concept that kind of planted the seed. And then there was a small group of bow hunters that got together at the Pope and Young Convention and, um, and talked about organizing the club. But again, it became official in 1999. So we're coming up on our 25th year uh, next year, but uh, the real focus of Compton is to promote uh, the positive aspects of traditional bow hunting. So it's really uh, our, kind of our brand is really focused on the family and getting youth, the next generation involved into traditional bow hunting 
in traditional archery. And so, you know, we've got the rendezvous we hold every year in Michigan that is very family-oriented with a lot of activities for the youth and the women and the entire family. And and uh, then we do the big game classic, which we just had in Grand Rapids, Michigan in March. And uh, again, it's, it's uh, more of a banquet type of event, but it's for the entire family. Yeah, that's, I'll tell you what, that rendezvous, I went to my first one two years ago or three years ago, two or three years ago. And I'm telling you, man, it was like, I, I just, I was blown away. I, I was there by myself because none of my buddies are trad guys and, that, and that's fine, whatever. And, and, and I just, yeah, I'm in that big tent and I'm seeing all these vendors and, and I was just like a little kid on Christmas. And, uh, yeah, if you're around Michigan, Southwest Michigan or uh, Father's Day weekend, um, please go to that. It's isn't it like four days, Brian, or so, or five? Yeah, fifteenth, fifteenth uh, through the eighteenth uh, this year, and uh, some people actually come on Monday, but the ranges officially open up on Thursday and then run through the weekend. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're in the midst, the Compton board right now, we're in the midst of putting the final touches on the on this year's rendezvous. We've got some uh, great speakers coming in. So we've got uh, South Cox as our keynote speaker on Saturday. And Friday, we've got Brian Kelzer from Montana. So uh, two, a couple of guys from the West that are going to, you know, they're both great uh, spot stock hunters and they've got some great adventures to share with us. So we're really looking forward to that. You've been to it, Will, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went um, this past one, yeah, and I, I think I went two years before that because I skipped a year in between. But, yeah, yeah, it was great time. Like, <laughs> I never really, you know, I was always out shooting and trying to meet people in the vendor's tent and stuff. This past time I went, I tried to focus a little bit more on, like, the little – you know, things they have for families and kids and that skillet toss was <laughs> hilarious to watch. Yeah, for the ladies. Yeah. 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 I love that was just I don't know. That was funny to me. But uh yeah, it was fun to watch and yeah, the camaraderie in, in itself is just awesome, you know. It's it's always good to go to those events and see all your people you haven't seen in a while and meet new people. That's that's what it's all about really. So yeah. yeah. Appreciate you guys doing that. Yeah, one of my favorite events at the rendezvous are at in the evening under the lights, the aerial shooting. Mm -hmm. You know, and you see these kids lining up, kids and adults lining up, and the targets go sailing through the air, and then you just see these arrows just launch <laughs> and you know screaming screaming through the air, and uh, eventually somebody hits one of the targets and everybody screams. So that, that's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I had somebody describe to me uh, who has some young young children, and he said, you know, the rendezvous is a place where you can let your kids pretty much roam and you don't have to worry about them. And I said, you know, that is so true. And, um, you know, I'm new to this trad world only a couple years in, and I'll tell you what, the people that I've met, you know, there's a lot of salt of the earth people in these organ this organization, and uh, 
I really love that. Um, guys that are just good people, or, or at least try to be, right? And um, yeah, that rendezvous is. And one one thing I've never done, I never shot the shot there. I was always like, since I was a newbie, I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm shooting the ranges with these guys. These guys are like all pros and stuff. There's no <laughs> way I'm doing that. So this year, I'm definitely gonna make a point of uh, shooting, and because uh, now I feel like I can hit at least a, you know, a target more times than not so my confidence level is higher so do, have you guys do some shooting there oh yeah 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 I, I did before i was on the board but now that i'm on the board you know i'm pretty tied up the entire weekend with uh task and activities but you know it, to, to your point mark it really is a big family and mm-hmm. everyone's willing to help anyone out and we're just there to have fun and talk about traditional bow hunting and traditional archery. So, yeah, I would just say jump in and take advantage of every aspect of the rendezvous, and that's how you'll get the most out of it. Yeah. What's uh, what's something that you guys, this just popped into my head, that, that you could really use a hand on at the at – the, rendezvous? Is there something that you're always short of this or, or – you know, because I mean, I'm there just for the day. I only live an hour and change away. And I thought, you know, I could come here and I could, I could help out for half a day or, or something. Is there, or is that hard to say? Well, no, we we've got a bunch of stuff like help with the with the kids shoot and stuff like that. Uh, but we actually have a volunteers meeting, you know, in the morning at eight o'clock before everything really gets going, and oh. we run down. Hey, here's some here's the things that are on the agenda today and here's where we could use some help. So if you have interest in, uh, in volunteering and something, just, uh, uh, come and see us. And Sam Barrett's actually our volunteer coordinator. He's the secretary on our board and he kind of conducts the volunteer meeting to really say, here's where we need help. So yeah, if you, if you want to help out and you don't have to help out all day, if you want to help out for an hour, you know, that's great too. So Just connect with uh, Sam at the rendezvous, and we'll we'll get you, we'll put you to work. Yeah. Okay. Because I I told Will before we came on, I said, yeah, I was stalking Brian last year's rendezvous, but every time I saw him and wanted to say, you know, introduce myself, you were like a, I could tell you were on a mission. I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna bother him. And uh, but yeah, it's a great event. I'm I'm I don't think I'll ever miss one. You know, especially living an hour and change away. It's just yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And now I can shoot and, you know, say hello to you guys and, and that, and that'll be nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was a good event. What Your other event, tell, tell us a little bit about your big game classic. How does that work? Well, that's more of a banquet-style event. And the intent on that one is to uh, move it around the country to really increase the national exposure for Compton. So a lot of, you know, since we hold the rendezvous in Michigan every year, a lot of people have this thought that Compton is a Michigan organization, and it's it's truly a national organization. So we try to sponsor different shoots around the country as well as move the Big Game Classic around. But uh, we, we uh, have seminars throughout the day, and then we have uh, Friday night, we have what we call the Trad Film Festival, and that's in conjunction with like a build your own burger bar. So it's a kind of a lower keyed relaxing evening. 
And then Saturday, uh, this year we held in conjunction with the big game classic, we held the traditional classic archery trade show. So we had a, you know, a bunch of new vendors there, new merchandise vendors and boyers. And we also had a bunch of vintage vendors on Saturday that people could buy vintage gear. And uh, that was the first time we did that. It generated a lot of uh, day traffic for us. So I think we'll probably do it again. And then in the evening, uh, at, well, I, I don't know if I mentioned, but on Saturday we, we hold more seminars. And then in the evening, we have a sit down plate of dinner uh, and then we have an auction and and uh, then a keynote speaker and TJ Conrad was, was our keynote speaker for this year. So every, we uh, we ended up selling out the event, which was really cool. And I think everybody had a good time. So the board was relieved when it was all said and done because <laughs> it was a lot of work. But, you know, when, you know, we got a lot of really positive feedback and. I think uh, everyone had a great time. Yeah. Our next, our, our next one, uh, we do the big game classic every other year. So we do it on the odd year. Uh, and we made that decision so we didn't conflict with PBS. Mm. And so we could attend both. And uh, our next one in 2025 is going to be in Denver, Colorado. In fact, I was just on a, a Teams meeting earlier today with the president of the Colorado Traditional Archery uh, Society and mm. then Scott Hargrove, one of our board members, talking about, you know, site selection and hotels. So we're in the planning process for that right now. Will, did you go to the big game? No, you didn't go this year, did you? No, no, I didn't get to. No, okay. I wanted to really bad, but no, I didn't get to. But, yeah. yeah. Well, you went, did you? Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, if, if I walk into a room and there's an, a bunch of old bear bows for sale, <laughs> I'm glad I'm 55 and not 25 because it would be really, really bad. Um, but I, Brian, you're right. They had a whole separate room. And I, I don't know, there had to be, I don't know, a couple hundred or something old bear bows. And I mean, I was just like, yeah. And then... They had uh, mounts, a lot of mounts throughout the room. Yeah. Um, it was really, really cool. Uh, you could buy old arrows, you could buy old quivers, you could buy you could buy anything. And uh, yeah, I was I was blown away. I I didn't really enjoy the last. Well, Grand Rapids from my house is about two and a half hours. Well, the last half hour, it was like almost whiteout at times. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, ah, I was text. Well, I, I texted my wife when I got there. I said, well, if I end up having to stay here, there's a hotel here, so it's all good, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the facility was just wow. The, I guess the hotel had just been remodeled, and um, yeah. it was wonderful. And then, so I tried to get a. I want to introduce myself to Brian there. Struck out, and then I saw Monty, and several times he had you know, 12 people on each of his ears. And I thought, nah, I can't get him. And then, so I talked to Mike Mitten, which was fun. Um, and bought the Compton, uh, it's the a new uh, archives book. Yeah. That yeah. I'm telling you what, that thing is just, did you get that book? Will? 
No, actually, some guy was passing them out at the um, odd year gathering this past weekend, but I think it was, a, I'd have to look, I think it's a 2009 or something like that. Uh, that's a 2008 was the first edition. Okay. And we just came out with the second edition, uh, and it would just it was just made available right at the Big Game Classic. So we'll have them at the rendezvous as well, and you can purchase them online uh, at CompTRAditionalBowHunters.com. But uh, I, I failed to mention that the Big Game Classic really is kind of centered around our archives program. And so we do a lot of measuring of animals right at the Big Game Classic as well. And we'll do it at the rendezvous too, but uh, it's really kind of highlighting the Compton Archives program. And I was really pleased that we were able to put together the second edition of the archives book. So a lot of great, we've got a lot more entries, uh, three more species. So we added Havelina, we added alligator, we added wolf, and uh, we just have a ton of stories. A lot of wild game recipes so it's a really cool book and everybody that's you know to your point mark everybody that's kind of picked up copy and and has got ones provided a lot of really positive feedback so it's nice to hear yeah there's all kinds of great articles in there and great photography and yeah i was i was blown away and uh yeah you guys did a really good job putting that together and uh so yeah, if you haven't gotten that, definitely pick that up because it's it's worth it. Um, yeah, so we covered the rendezvous. What else? Uh, the big game classic. Um, trying to think what uh, what else. I had something. I had something written down here, and I and I don't. Remember. Well, one of the things we've got coming up is we've got a uh, a youth hunt. And it's at the famed Plum Creek cabin. So uh, Carol Mock owns this cabin, and it's in uh, north central Nebraska, and she's hosting the the youth hunt. And mm-hmm. so it's a really, you know, th- this is a place where Fred Bear would was escape Detroit and go and hunt with Dick and Carol Mock on this ranch. So, oh. and so there's, yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, a lot of well-known bow hunters uh, throughout history have hunted with Dick and Carol at this cabin. We actually held a board meeting there, and it's just really cool to be in that environment and at the cabin. And Carol's, where the sleeping quarters are, there's like these drapes, and you've got where Fred Bear, you know, has signed them, and and, uh, Glenn St. Charles, you, you name it. But it's just a really cool place and i think the you know the youth that participate in this hunt are really going to have a neat time yeah that's really cool oh you know what brian tell the folks about your uh the at the rendezvous you guys raffle off an incredible hunt with homer ocean that deal yeah so the uh we call it our dream raffle and this year um we, we draw the winner at the rendezvous on Saturday evening. And this year is a, um, a package from Rourke Brown of Homer Ocean Charters. And it's, it's one of those things where it's a Kodiak uh, blacktail hunt on Kodiak Island. So it's a eight day or eight night, seven day hunt. And, and then we combine it with a bunch of cool gear. 
So Yukon, our Kuyu's donated a set of Yukon rain gear. Uh, Andy Ponce has donated a dozen custom arrows. Uh, Trent Wangard and his bows are highly sought after. He's donated a, uh, a custom bow. Kaparu's donated an Antero pack. Uh, Eric McKee from Great Northerns donated a Compton logo quiver. And then Three Rivers has thrown in a $250 gift certificate. And then Compton throws in $1,500 uh, to help offset travel expenses. And so overall, the package is over $10,000 retail. And you can buy the you can buy the Dream Raffle tickets online at ComptonTraditionalBowHunters.com, and uh, one person wins the entire package, and they'll be able to hunt with other Compton board members, you know, on this hunt. So the hunt will take place October 19th through the 26th of 2024. So we'll draw the winner this year, but then the winner will have kind of a, a close to well over a year to actually kind of plan and get ready to go on the hunt. But it's, it's really cool. The tickets are $5 each or a bundle of six for 25. So for as little as five or $25, you could be going on a dream hunt <laughs> in Alaska. So it's pretty wow. cool. Who, who all goes on that hunt, Ryan? Well, so we, uh, we, we have the Compton board members. So I think uh, with this hunt, we'll have about eight people on it. So it'll be a combination of Compton board members with the winner. Mm. Oh, wow. so, that'd, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Are you going on it, Brian? I am definitely going on Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that old, that old uh, Kodiak Island, uh, all the podcasts I've listened to and I don't know, man. Those bears on that, boy, that's just a little unnerving for me, to, if I'm totally honest. I suppose you just got to block it out the best you can and, and, and just be smart. But, whew, I don't know. But Well, you see, and their tendency is to uh, go the other way. Um, and, okay. But, you know, it's I'm going, I'm doing a drop camp on Kodiak this year with uh, a dentist from Juno, Ben Penny, good mm-hmm. friend of mine. And uh, we've done it several times before. And, you know, we've, we've seen bear and we actually, uh, a couple of years ago, had a brown bear that, that stayed about 20 yards right behind our tent uh, because it had snowed. You just saw this big brown bear bed when I went out to go hunting. So I'm like... <laughs> Well, I guess uh, he was watching over us, but it, you know, it's one of those things where they're there, but their tendency is to stay away from humans, and um, so never really had an issue with them. Yeah. The good part about being on with Homer Ocean Charters is you're sleeping on a boat. It's right. A about it at night. Yeah, that's 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 kind of nice. And I re, I think I heard you on uh, I think you were on Inside Twenty not too long ago, and I heard you talking about it. And man, the food sounds like it's just off the charts. And yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, Rourke's like a quasi chef, so you know the the meals are incredible. So yeah, you, it's it's one of the hunts where I actually gain weight. You know. <laughs> After climbing on, you know, up Kodiak Mountains for, you know, 
for an entire <laughs> week and you and you still gain weight, that kind of tells you something about the food. Man, Will, have you ever been there? No. Alaska no. or? Nope, never made. I, w- I was up in Canada um, in the Patachuan River once, and uh, yeah, there was bear out there like you'd see raccoons around here it seemed like but uh yeah like brian said they just seemed to go the other way and the guy i was out there with i was a lot faster than him so i knew <laughs> if anything happened i was good <laughs> i knew i could that get always helps, yeah. yeah oh that's good that's really good yeah that's i don't know i you know let's let's kind of dive into alaska for a little bit um and and i have to tell you brian this past fall I went for the first time with with my buddies to South Dakota, and we went pheasant hunting for a week. Yeah. And never done that before. Um, but I got to tell you, Brian, on the ride home, we turned on your and Monty's podcast. I think you guys were on the Stick Boys, and you recapped your Alaska hunt every evening with the fire crackling in the background. And I'm telling you what, my buddy and I, it was, it's like you were there. I know it sounds a little cheesy, but it's, it, it was. It was like you were there, and we were like, we need to go to Alaska. We just need to go. And uh, so, Brian, I appreciate you you and Monty putting that on. And, 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 Will, if you haven't listened to that, look it up. I don't know how many episodes it is, if it's, or if it's more than one. I don't remember, but, wow. Probably one of my favorite episodes, honestly. Yeah. I Yeah. That was well, pretty awesome. And, you know, another thing that I really liked, I what did, what did Monty call it? Church camp? No, uh, Bush, Bush Church. Bush Church, yeah. yeah so I thought uh, that was just, that was like the icing on the cake. I'm like, that is so cool. You know, these guys are are in Alaska. They're chasing moose, but yet you know, they reflect on God's nature around them and, and have Bush Church. And I, I don't know, I just got such a kick out of that. And uh, yeah, and I know you're going again this year, right? Yeah, so I've gone the last 15 years. And, you know, I told my pilot, you just keep me booked, you know, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go till I can't do it anymore. It's just, it's, uh, it's my favorite hunt. It's something that I just thoroughly enjoy. And when you're in Alaska and you have that solitude and all that, you know, time to reflect and really you feel so small in Alaska. And I love that feeling because uh, you're just looking at God's creation and you're immersed in it. And it's just, you know, how can you not enjoy that? So. Man. Well, That's- unless you're up there i guess you know once you see that and see everything around you and see god's creation like you said it's just it's unreal you know yeah and what the, the tough part about going to alaska like money and i i think i think that year we had gone for i think 20 23 or 24 days and what's really interesting is when you're coming back into civilization it that is really a little bit of a struggle because you go from this just peacefulness and solitude into civilization where you go into a restaurant and you just hear all this like meaningless chatter 
you know, going on and everything's like hot because you're so used to like sleeping out in the cold and all that. And it's just that re-entry into civilizations, something that um, it's necessary, but I don't enjoy that part to be honest. <laughs> like a culture shock, huh? <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a little bit of a culture shock. I mean, you do get cravings when you're in the bush and you're you're eating freeze-dried food, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, dreaming about a big cheese, big uh, greasy cheeseburger or a pizza or something like that. But, uh, you know, when I go with Monty, he's such a good cook, and he loves to cook. You know, it's I really don't miss it that bad. But, uh, but Monty's not going this year. I'm going with uh, my other hunting partner, Jim Eckout. So, um, Jim, Jim, uh Let's see. On the tribute hunt that we did in 2019, he uh, he missed a really nice bull, so he's got some unfinished business to take care of, and I'm hoping he'll get it done this year. Yeah, that that would be cool. That 59 tribute hunt, I listened to you on a podcast talk all about that, and that was fascinating to hear you guys with the all the different bear gear that you had and the. Did you guys use 59 Kodiaks too on yeah, that? Yeah, we used the original 59 Kodiaks. So now, how did you find one of those, Brian? Just you? Well, you probably had one, or well, I I've got some 59 Kodiaks, but they weren't moose hunting weight. And trying to find an original 59 Kodiak and moose hunting weight is not really easy to do. Now I had some guys that were willing to let me borrow theirs. But I told him, I'm like, uh, if I kill a moose with it, I'm going to have to own it. You know, I'm, you're not going to get it back. So I uh, eventually had a friend that said, Brian, I think this is a really cool hunt. I've got a 58-pound original 59 in great condition, and I'd be willing to sell it to you. So I, I purchased it off a friend of mine. Jason Hansen is his name, and, uh, and that's the bow I used to kill the moose. And one of the one of the neatest things about that hunt, you know, everything the planning process was way over the top because we had we we get the traditional community, the traditional family kind of came together and donated over 40 period correct items that we took on that hunt. Um, so so that was really neat to have the the traditional community with us there on the hunt. Uh, but what was really neat is I, when I shot that bull, uh, I put an arrow through its chest, complete pass through, and I couldn't find the arrow, you know, because the, the moss in that is so thick. Yeah. I couldn't find it. The next year, I was up there stalking a bull, and I'm on a moose trail, and I looked down and just did a double take. There laid the arrow, the kill arrow from the year prior. And so it lasted an entire year, you know, I, straddling a moose trail didn't get, I mean, it was in great shape, actually. So it was just, it was meant to be for me to find yeah. that arrow. And uh, it was just ironic that it was when I was making a stock on another moose. <laughs> and that was a wood shaft? Yeah. Yeah, Suzanne, we had uh, Suzanne St. Charles replicate the arrows that Fred Bear used in 1959 so they were all white with the uh with his cresting and his feather combination and um yeah it was, it was an amazing shape for being out in the alaska bush for over a year gosh man. that's amazing 
that's a great <laughs> oh, nothing stepped on that thing is yeah yeah you know <laughs> wow man oh man and then i'm assuming did you use a bare razor head broadhead on that hunter absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah i actually used an original uh 59 bear razor head oh. so yeah it was it was one of the originals so it's it pretty cool <laughs> that is yeah and it's 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 just so cool to hear those stories of you guys walking all over alaska and 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 uh well, and then, of course, you went, like you said, with Monty, who's a phenomenal storyteller and crack. Oh, he's the best there is. Yeah, and um, definitely. <laughs> what a what a pleasure that has to be for you and, and that. And uh, so you're going to Alaska this year, you said, in September, was it? Well, I'm going to Alaska four times this year. Uh, I'm going fishing in June, and then I'm going bear hunting with Homer Ocean Charters in August. And then, and that's from, that's the hunt from the uh, Dream Raffle winner from last year. Okay. A bear hunt on Homer Ocean Charters. So doing that in August, and then the moose hunt is September. So I think, I think we'll be there from, we leave September 6th and come back the 25th. And then I'm going to Kodiak uh, first week of November. Okay. So, wow. So Alaska has a pretty tight grip on me. Won't let go. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, while you're able to get around well, right? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. It might be your place of retirement all the, all together, huh? <laughs> uh, if I could get my wife to move there, then it, it may be, but I don't think that's going to happen. But as long as I can travel there, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Has, hey, I got a question. Has anybody been at the rendezvous when they won the raffle? Uh, yeah, the guy the guy that won it last year was from Montana, so he was not at the rendezvous. But yeah. it has happened before, I believe, uh, that somebody's been there. What we what we normally do is we we draw the the winning ticket, and then we hope they're in the audience there at the rendezvous. But if they're not, then we try to call them and. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, last year it went it went to voicemail, and then then I received a call back, and he was he was pretty pretty excited to to win. But it's it's even better when if they're not there in person, where they answer and and we announce that they won the dream raffle, and everybody in the backgrounds you know clapping and screaming. It's a pretty cool moment. <laughs> wow, I'm not sure if I could keep my composure if I was there and I won it. I, <laughs> oh. Well, you can give it a try, Will. Yeah, well, I always <laughs> buy my tickets, so yeah. I, I'm hoping. But yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. I, gosh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Is your your favorite critter on Alaska? Is it is it fair to say it'd be moose, Brian? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's just um, they're just such neat animals. They're so big. They can be so dangerous you know, and, and they taste great. So it's, it's kind of like a trifecta. Now, how much, how much meat do you get on, would you say on average, you know, to take home or, or I mean, it's gotta be like what hundreds of pounds of meat, right? Yeah. So you take a, you take a, a bull moose that's 15, a mature one is 15 to 1600 pounds. 
And you can get like, um, it, it ranges based on the actual bull you shot, but I would say boned out meat, you're talking about 650 to 800 pounds. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of meat and it's a lot of work getting it back to the airstrip and the meat bowl. Yeah. Uh, every step you just have a little, you know, grin on your face because you know yeah. something special happened. Yeah. Now, do you take it all home, uh, Brian, or do you leave some with any folks up there? Well, we typically uh, will split it with my hunting partner, and then, you know, we'll donate some to the pilot, and then they always have people that want uh, moose meat. So we'll take the, you know, we'll eat the interior flays right in camp, so they're gone. But then, you know, we'll split everything else down the middle with my hunting partner, and uh, whatever we don't want to take back, we donate. Okay. Man, that's Will. You would, you and I would need a monster, like a bunch of freezers for all that meat, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just got another one actually, because did you? Yeah, three deer isn't getting the family through the year now. So when it was just me, you know, I could shoot my limit in Ohio and be pretty good, or wherever else I went, but. Yeah, that's it's not cutting it now. The little one likes deer meat. I think it's just as much as me. So, yeah. But yeah. Well, no, that to to your point, well, I've got um you know, I've got quite a few freezers and when I bring back the moose meat, all my brothers show up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wanting a care package, you know. But I, you know, that that's part of the fun too is sharing sharing the meat, you know, sharing the bounty with your family and friends and yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's, that's super cool. And, uh, but you know, if you're a traditional archer like myself, who has not never killed a deer or anything with a stick bow. So in all honesty, so, you know, I don't need much of a freezer. Now I'm hoping <laughs> that changes this year because I may have a, yeah, it's a long story, but I may have 80 acres to jump on about a 45 minutes south of me. So, um, and it looks really, really good. Uh, it's primarily a wetland, but it's also got a ton of woods on it. And yeah, the, I know a guy that put a bid in on the property and he called me to ask about, you know, what do guys pay for leases? And I said, well, I've never done that, but I'm sure it can be anywhere from a few hundred to thousands, depending on the property, et cetera. Um, he's like, oh, I was just looking for maybe somebody could cover the, the the taxes on the property. So I got online. I looked up the property taxes on it are like $460 for the year. Oh, that's and I'm like, so I would, I would be glad to take care of that for you if you let me chase whitetail on that property. Trust me. Yeah, um, that's a win-win. Right? So hopefully that'll that'll pan out um yeah that would be that would be good um well you i know you hunt other areas besides alaska i know you hunt ohio i got your hall pass like 300 of them last fall and i'm like this guy has got patience of job because that was it was kind of entertaining actually like oh brian's got another hall pass you know and uh, so tell us what other yeah you like to hunt other like a lot of other critters right yeah, I mean, I primarily like uh, turkey hunt, uh, deer hunt, 
and I last year I drew Iowa. So I would, I, and then I also was invited to hunt in Illinois by another Compton, you know, traditional bow hunter member. So last year I hunted uh, Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, oh, and Ohio for whitetail. Um, so I was down uh, hunting hogs with Monty Browning in South Carolina earlier this year and shot a nice pig. So it's Happy, happy about that and then uh in fact i was just in georgia uh, with vance henry he's the president <laughs> of traditional bow hunters of georgia and we were gonna do some well we we were uh pig hunting and turkey hunting but we never saw a pig or a turkey so <laughs> we just had fun and you know just had fun hanging out and uh just had a good time with him and his family yeah. and uh so yeah that's primarily it the the problem is everything all, a lot of the other species, you know, it's happening the same time moose hunting in Alaska is happening. So when you talk about going out west and all that, it's just it conflicts with my moose hunting. So I'm I'm going moose hunting. But uh, you know, I want to do I hunt you know antelope. Uh, I want to do stuff that I can do in the spring, if you will. So where it may not be hunting season here in Michigan, but it is somewhere else. Yeah. Gotcha. You got any like bucket list uh, hunts that you would like to go on eventually, or if you pretty much knocked them all out, or? No, I mean I've done a lot of a lot of hunts like uh, muskox hunt in the Arctic, and I'd love to do a brown bear hunt or a grizzly hunt, but I tend to like to do do-it-yourself hunts, and yeah. so you know you you need a guide, you know, if you're not a resident. And so, um, and so I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Mountain goat's another one I'd love to do, but again, that's another one where you need a guide. So I'm, I'm happy with, uh, you know, doing the moose hunting and, you know, the nice thing about moose hunting is potentially you can get into caribou as well. So we've had caribou come through the camp, uh, in different years. And so you've got always got the option in Alaska, if you don't have a caribou, separate caribou tag you can burn your moose tag on a caribou so but i like going to alaska where you've got a pocket full of tags and if a black bear shows up if a wolf shows up if a caribou shows up or a moose you know it's game on yeah now you had a uh what i seen at least on instagram i think it was you had a, a wolf mount at the big game classic didn't you yes yeah yeah yeah, I shot, I shot that wolf in uh, 2014, you know, with the Tall Tines Longbow, actually, wow. at 7 yards. So it's a pretty cool mount. I, You know, it's it's one of my favorite mounts because it's just, it's kind of unique, you know. It's a full-size mount, and you just look at those amber eyes, and they just have a way of staring at you. So if you're, if you're in my den walking around, it's almost like the wolf's eyes are following you. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wow. How'd you, you shot- shooting him? Was it just you weren't trying to like pursue wolves or anything, right? It just it just happened or were you actually hunting for him? No, it was uh I mean we the area we hunt is actually classified as a predation zone, so there are a lot of predators in there. Um but I was I was hunting moose and I was cow calling and and this wolf just came into the to the calling. 
and uh, popped out at seven yards. And yeah, at first, I saw it in the spruce and I thought it was a black bear. So I grabbed my bow and then at seven yards out popped this wolf and I just instinctively pulled back and shot it right through the chest. So oh. it was just one of those unique opportunities that will probably not happen again, but uh, I was happy it happened that time. Yeah, I bet. Wow. And I've had other encounters with wolves that have been on a moose carcass that I've killed. And, you know, I, I was stalking one uh, and I got into about 35 yards. And it, what it would do is it would go to the carcass, grab, you know, grab a chunk of meat and then and then run off about 30 yards in a different direction. And it kept, re, you know, kept doing that repeatedly. And I was behind this willow bush. And I'm like, one of these times, he's going to run right into my lap. And then I don't know what happened because it was snowing and the wind was in my face. But all of a sudden, he just got nervous and got out of there. And I never did get a shot. Mm. You know, we're, uh, they used to be able to um, take the wolves out. Uh, They would shoot them from planes because it's the predation zone. And they can't do that in the zone I'm in right now. So, the predator population where I moose hunt is increasing, which isn't necessarily a good thing for uh, for moose hunting. In fact, the last two years, it's been a pretty severe winter. And so mm-hmm. the snow's been deep, it's been cold, and the wolves have kind of wreaked havoc on the moose. And last year, you know, Monty and I weren't seeing near the number of moose that we had in prior years. So hopefully mm-hmm. that will turn around. Yeah. Wow. But I love seeing the wolves. I mean, they're cool, you know, critters. And I love seeing the grizzly bears and having those predators around. But uh, it just, there needs to be a good balance. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's kind of part of it. Definitely. Being a conservationist on both sides of things, you know. But, uh, yeah, I actually went to Montana with my wife in 2020. And we, or 2021, and we went to uh, Dave Windower's. House, yeah, build silver tip bows. Oh, nice. Yeah, he talked to him for a while. He showed me a shop and everything. And you know, you'd think being bow hunters, you'd talk about bow hunting, but I just seen this picture of him, and he's not like a real tall guy, he's probably about as tall as me, but he's holding this wolf and it looks enormous, you yeah. know. And he's like, Yeah, that's what I really like to do is trap wolves, you know. And we started talking about trapping and how he goes about trapping wolves and this every, you know, and then I, like we left said bye and everything. Thanks for letting us stop by. And I just thought I just wasted that whole time talking about trapping wolves. When I <laughs> asked him about Paul Schaefer, this, that, you know, all this stuff and that, but still, you know, it was just, it was cool to have that conversation with him, you know, and him sharing all that with me and stuff. So yeah, that was pretty cool. You'll just have to go out there again. Yeah, I'd love to. It's beautiful out there. Yeah. Yeah, he was quite a character. I've done some reading on him, and my goodness, he, yeah, he built good bows. He was a, man, he was always out chasing critters with stick and string. And, uh, yeah, hearing the the Wenzel brothers talking about him and, and, sounded like a sounded like a really neat guy and uh yeah went away from us way too soon for us anyhow and um but yeah now brian i know you're a big bear archery guy 
And uh, at the Kalamazoo, what do they call that? Uh, the Treadbow Expo? Yeah, in January. I went there for the day, and I shot uh, some bears, and I shot some widows, and yeah, just plinking around. And I got to tell you, I had one of the most interesting conversations with, I wrote his name down, it's Neil... Neil Vice. Vice. And yeah. Brian, he has been with Bear Archery for decades. Yeah. Right? And his dad used to work for Bear Archery as well. Yeah, and he took me, he explained to me the entire process of building a, I don't know if it was a a modern-day grizzly, I think. And I was shocked at the entire process, except one little part is still done by hand. And I was blown away by that because I even said to you, how do you sell a bow for, I think they retail for like four 60 or something whatever and i i was blown away at at a how nice of a man he was the history that he has in bear archery and what he taught me and i'm just joe blow you know just came up to him and um yeah and so why don't you tell us a little bit how did you you know fall in love with bear archery i guess there wasn't many options maybe back in the day but well, it really, it started right from my childhood. Um, so my dad, as I mentioned, was an avid bow hunter. And he actually shot his first uh, whitetail with a bow in 1961. And he came home and sold 32 guns and said, you know, guns will not do it for me anymore. It's just going to be a bow. So he was a avid bear archery, um, you know, recurve guy. And so that's kind of how I got into it. And my first bow was a you know, 45 pound Kodak Magnum. You know, it was it was uh, a 1975, and it was green with the blue stripe. Yeah, I and got so one I, of those right just, there. Yeah, there you go. One of those is a K Mag. Yeah, that's cool. So it was just you know, to me that was you know part of my story. And then, like I said, we'd go to the museum. And uh, and Fred Bear was my inspiration. So sometimes he would be at the museum and we'd get to talk to him as little kids, you know, and mm. it was just he made a big impact on my life. Yeah. And so I've been a big bear archery fan, you know, my entire life. And I've got a lot of, you know, other custom bows, too. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm I really like the uh, bear takedowns for traveling and. It just is, I can pick it up and shoot it like, you know, like I never stopped. So yeah. it's just one where I think a combination of my childhood, the Fred Bear legacy, and then just really enjoying those bows uh, is what's kept me uh, being a big bear archery fan. Yeah. Will, do you got any old bear bows laying around? Actually, I do. I have Thanks. a... Uh, Old Kodiak longbow, I think it's what. It, hold on, let me check. Let me check. Nice. I don't know if you can see it, but it's it's ancient. It was actually my great, yeah, great grandpa. So yeah, it's an old Kodiak. I'd like to get it refinished and wow, find somebody to look at that it up for me. But yeah, it was one of the bows that I got from my great grandpa. But I think it's 
other than this one and uh, one I got at a garage show was the only two bare bows that I've ever had, but I love, I like them both. So, yeah. Yeah. I saw the static tips on that. I think that's a 1954. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Cool. That's super cool. Well, you got yourself a little gem there. <laughs> that's I really cool. Take it to Alaska and shoot a moose with it. There uh, you go. No. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do that. How awesome. many? How many pounds is it? Does it say, or is it wore off? Or I'm trying to it, it, forty-six at twenty-seven. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. Not moose weight. What do you What do you have to be poundage-wise in Alaska for moose? Is it for moose uh, in Alaska? Fifty pounds is a minimum. Okay, gotcha. So, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's just I, I've got enough bows but I keep buying more. So I've got a problem, but you know, uh, there's Fred bear day in Michigan, which is held on Fred bear's birthday, uh, March 5th. And so I was at Fred bear day and Neil Bice and the bear archery crew were there. Uh, John Lene is the general manager. And then, you know, had a few other of the, you know, bear executives there, but Neil for that Fred bear day, he made a one of a kind, uh, Kodiak. So it's a, you know, one of one deal with his little stick bolt man and his NB3 signature. And I just had to have that bow. So I, I ended up coming home with that. And then at the, at the big game classic, he made he made a uh, another Kodiak, uh, one of a kind for the big game classic. And I just had to have that. So <laughs> I got that uh, in March. And then I ordered... Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, uh, but it's the 90th anniversary of Bear Archery. And so they came out with a takedown, the 90th anniversary takedown. And it is a really beautiful bow. Yeah. And um, and so I ordered one of those. And so, yeah, I've got some, some more Bear Bows coming my way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I haven't dabbled in that whole takedown um, aspect of Bear Archery. And I, I'm kind of... Yeah, you can get different limbs for it, but man, those are some pretty, pretty bows. Well, it's pretty ingenious, you know, if you think about it, because they came out with the original takedown in 1970, and then they came out with the mag riser in, in 71. Uh, but essentially, it's the same bow today relative to no tools to interchange the limbs, and then you've got different riser links and you you've got different you know you can exchange out the limbs for different bow weights uh and and then it breaks down into three pieces so you know it's just it was way ahead of its time i would say and the fact that you don't need any tools and that you can have uh, you know different bows in terms of lengths or weights is uh draw weights is pretty cool yeah yeah that's and I was really impressed. They got a, I think when I was at the Kalamazoo show, Neil showed me their their current, I think it was their current Kodiak. And my goodness, that thing was just beautiful. I don't know if it was, was it to emulate the 59, Brian? Yeah, the, um, so the, they just call it the Kodiak now, but, um, you know, it was, it's patterned after the 59. Okay. 
there's oh. been some slight modifications, but it's, I, I would say the takedown and then that Kodiak are my two favorite, you know, bare bows. Yeah. I'm going to have to get me, uh, I'm going to have to get me one of those. I mean, I love shooting my widow and, and that, and, um, but I think that might have to be on the, to buy list, um, at some point. And, uh, yeah, I was just blown away by Neil's, uh, yeah, he just was really. In fact, we ought to get him on here and just talk bear archery. I think that would be would be uh, a real pleasure. And I'm glad that bear archery seems to be doing well. And um, you know, between getting bought out by different companies or whatever over the years, and um, I was so bummed, you know, reading the history that they had to move from Grayling to Gainesville, Florida, and right. and, and um, I kind of kicked myself last fall of uh 21 we were in grayling for a week uh, grouse hunting um and i never really checked into you know i'm like what a dunce here i am at the beginning of bear archery for a week and i could have you know looked into bear archery i mean did, do they have much though there even anymore brian in grayling no, bear archery is not in yeah. grilling. Uh, but you know, the town still, still, you know, has a lot of bear archery history. In fact, uh, next time you're in grilling, stop at the Bears Den uh, Pizzeria, and there's all kinds of bear bows in there and bear memorabilia in there. So yeah, it's a cool spot to check out. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh... I don't know. I just love their old bows. I think there there's a guy in South Carolina. His name is Shannon Rivers, and he's quite a bear. I'd call him a collector. And I think I got a Kodiak hunter from him. And I was looking at a. I was trying to get bear bows the year I was born, '68. So I got a '68 Kodiak hunter, '68 grizzly, but he had a '68 Super Kodiak black with some brown stained on it oh man that thing was pretty but of course when it came up for sale it was not a good time for me and uh it didn't work out but i don't know i love those old bear bows i just think they're yeah i just think they're really cool and it's it's neat to hold something that's that old that you can still go out and kill a critter with it yeah not you know we're really blessed um to be living in the times we are with so many great boyers and bow companies out there. You know, it's just, it's yeah. not like you've got one choice, you know, there's so many great options. And uh, what I like to do is shoot a bunch of different bows, you mm-hmm. know, just, you know, see which ones speak to you. But I, I always tend to come back to the, uh, to the bear takedowns and the bear Kodiaks. And again, I think it's part of my childhood and, and wanting to carry on that bear archery legacy that is so rich. You know, that's the one thing that bear archery's got that no other bow company will ever have to the extent, and that's that Fred Bear legacy. Yeah. It's just, you know, he he had such an impact on the industry, the sport, and and myself personally that it just, it, it feels really good when you're in the woods looking down on your bow and knowing that, you know, Fred Bear had a part of that. Yeah. Man. 
you're right. There's a lot of good boyers out there. I was telling, I think I was telling Will about, uh, oh, come on. They're out of Michigan, a boyer. Oh, true. Uh, something north. Come on. I got the catalog. Oh, great northern. Yeah, great northern. Uh, met him and his wife at the Kalamazoo. In fact, they said they'd come on to this low life podcast. But uh, boy, I shot two or two models of theirs at Kalamazoo. And, or I mean, at uh, the big game classic. And uh, man, they're as light as a feather in your hand. And But they got some giddy up to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, great northerns are great bows. So I've got a few of them myself. Yeah. And who's the other guy? Uh, Kalamazoo Bowworks. That was fun chatting with him. Yeah. David Darling. Yeah. 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 So, that, yeah, there's, like I said, we're fortunate to be living in a time where we've got so many choices. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a real plus to have. And, you know, it's really cool to support guys that are just building bows and whether it's in their shop or their garage or whatever, it's just fun to support guys like that. And that's another plus about the traditional bow hunting community. You know, I was, I got a tab from Rob Durant and, uh, I said to my fellow, my buddies who all shoot compounds, I'm like, you know, this is what's so great about this. I get to know Rob on Instagram and I buy a tab from him. And I don't know. I think that's just, it's just kind of cool. And, uh, uh, I think it's a real plus for the for the community that we're a part of. Yeah, we've got so many great vendors, you know, and that's that's what I like about the rendezvous too is they're all under the Big Ten or they've got you know a booth outside, and you can I mean whatever you want, whatever you need, it's there. So yeah. you know it's and I, I love supporting the people that support us, and you know we've got so many vendors that anytime Compton needs something. They're just stepping up and donating, you know, their products. And, you know, it's just, I mean, it's overwhelming, uh, the generosity that we have with our traditional vendors. Yeah, that's really cool. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, some of those prices at the rendezvous, man, I was like, wow, look at that. That's just a good sign that seeing everybody come together to try to make that something special and putting their own time into their products with the Compton logo or however they might do it, you know, it's just, where are you going to get that anywhere else? You know, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's really cool to see. Yeah, it certainly is. That, did you guys see that? Uh, it was a, uh, I saw that, uh, I think I saw that Kalamazoo, those, tar- that Target company out of Cal, I think they're out of Kalamazoo. Um, uh, Bonafide? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, those are great targets. In fact, those uh, they sponsored the the test bow area, mm-hmm. uh, at the big game classic. Those are amazing little tar. Well, not some of them are little, but they got some Manjo bomber ones too. And uh, man, I was blown away at how easy the arrows came out of them. And uh, that might have to be on the Christmas list to get one of those. <laughs> you know. That's the problem with going to that stuff. You, you, you can't bring cash or anything, or you're going to be, you're not going to have anything, you know? <laughs> That's another what? problem with all the boyers, too, is yeah. everybody wants to try everybody's bows, and then before you know it, you got 10 different ones, and you you don't even know which one you like or what, you know, you like them all at that point. So, yeah. 
Well, it's neat to be able to try, you know, everything and then, you know, see what works for you because it, it truly is a lot of personal preference, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the bow and somebody else won't like it, but, you know, it's it's got to work for you. So, yeah. The, the neat thing about coming to the rendezvous is even if you can't buy everything right there, you can make a list. <laughs> Just yeah. walk around. Walk around the tent and say, okay, I, I need that, I need that, I need that, and just yeah. either uh, hand it out to family and friends for gifts or or uh, chip away at it over time. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I got to tell you guys, a fu- you guys will appreciate this. In uh, July of 21, uh, we've been going to Branson, Missouri on vacation for as long as we've been married, 30-some years, and... Uh, you know, of course, Black Widow Bows is just like 30, 40 minutes up the road from Branson, Missouri. So I had saved some side job money, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to order me a Black Widow Bow. So my father-in-law and I rode up to Nixa and walk in there and start talking to Roger and start shooting all these Black Widow Bows. And I'm like, man, you know, this is so hard to pick which model, blah, 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 which wood combo and so we did that, and I, I actually picked out a bow that they had there as a test bow. I said, I want this exact bow. Maybe the poundage was different, but same woods and everything. And so I gave, I paid Roger in cash. My father-in-law and I went to McDonald's. We were going to meet up with the ladies. And my father-in-law and I usually have a Cubs hat, or he had a Cubs hat on that day. And Rod, my phone rings when we're in the McDonald's, and it and I didn't recognize the number, and it was Roger from Black Widow Bows. He goes, "Hey, Mark." He goes, "You gave me a, a, a an additional one hundred dollar bill. You gave me one too many." I'm like, "Well, I'm only like fifteen minutes down the road. Yeah, I'll come back and get that." <laughs> and you know, and I'll never forget this. We pull up. I think this is how it went. And I went in, Roger gave me the $100 bill, and he came out to say maybe hello to my father-in-law or whatever, I think. And I think either me or my father-in-law said, well, I thought you'd give my father-in-law a $100 bill also. And Roger, without missing a beat, says, you know, if you didn't have that Cubs hat on, I might consider (laughs) giving you a $100 bill. Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. But that to me Well, I know the listeners can't – see you right now mark but i like your hat it's the compton hat so. oh yeah yeah <laughs> but you know he would have had that on he probably would have got a hundred bucks right. <laughs> but you know that just says the the speaks of the character of those guys i mean you know just honesty integrity and, and even roger when we were there i told him i had been on a bear hunt a few years prior and I really want to take a widow and shoot a bear. And he's like, oh, let me show you my bear in his office. And he just takes me into, I'm just, I'm just a guy off the street. He takes me into his office and shows me his bear mount. And I'm like, how, how can you not appreciate people that are, are to do business with people like that? And um, I was, and I've told a million people how great those guys are. And I've met them, of course, at the rendezvous and, and that. And um they're just fun guys, and I, I want to do the main. Have you guys ever done the main bear hunt with them? No. No, I haven't. That looks like a total blast. Um, I think they do it every year. Yeah. Uh, 
So I don't know, maybe someday I'll do that too. But uh, yeah, they're just good people. But uh, well, Will, what do you say? You got anything else for Brian or Brian, you got anything else that you need to? Yeah, actually, I got the, uh, just to go back to the raffle thing. I just wanted to say thank you to you and uh, Compton for doing the uh, youth raffle, too, because my daughter won a bow in that this past Christmas. So oh, cool. just another thing that you guys do that makes it, you know, that much more special. So that and uh, thank you for putting our Ohio traditional shoot also on your guys' shoot page and sponsoring us. Appreciate that. Yeah, in fact, uh, in fact, that ad is going to be in the magazine. So we just uh, released the proof to the printer. So that's being printed right now, and it's a full-page ad. So really happy to support the Ohio traditional archers. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Well, hey, Brian, we appreciate you coming on. Um, it's nice to finally meet you in person. Well, not in person, but through these fancy gadgets. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll look forward to meeting you at the rendezvous uh, in June. Well, and I'll finally get to meet Will in person, too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we do appreciate you coming on, Brian, and all that you do for the traditional archery community. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, well, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it, and uh, good luck with the podcast, and look forward to seeing you guys in June at the rendezvous. All right, sounds good, guys. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. All right, All right. take care. See you guys. Bye.